We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in ten seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. Alright folks, we're back. We, uh, we've got another interview this week, two in a row, so we're killing it. Hot. Um, we're hot, but we normally, I feel like we mostly had Bill Self players, right? And I'm really excited for this one. This is one of the first ones. Maybe, I guess we had Gurley. So this is the second one we've ever had of a guy that played four years for Roy Williams. We've got one of the best shooters in KU history, Billy Thomas. Billy, thank you for joining the show. How's it going? Man, I, I appreciate that intro, man. Sound good, but Gurley, Gurley doesn't count. Gurley's not, I don't know what you consider Gurley. Um, but uh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys wanting me on. And finally, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to, to actually show up and uh, chat around with you guys, man. Yeah, I think we spent most of the time with Gurley just talking about his drinking days with Pollard or That's all it. the That's it. That's it. Not a lot of basketball with him, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then we had we had Graves on who only played a year for him, too. So who was that? we don't really have too much Roy stuff. Mm. Jeff Graves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. I guess uh, first thing I kind of want to ask about, you You obviously – you grew up in Louisiana, right? So you grew up yeah. in SEC country, and you decided to attend Kansas. And we always ask Bill Self players kind of like, tell us about what it was like getting recruited by Bill Self. So I'm curious. We've never actually had someone get recruited by Roy Williams. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? Do you have anything that kind of stands out? And what was the deciding factor for you deciding to come to Kansas? A couple of things, man. The whole thing started where they were watching film of a guy that they were recruiting from my city, uh, 6'8 cat about named Reginald Poole, long, slim, pretty good ball player. Uh, and here I am at 6'4. Uh, we played against them. And they had two 6'8 guys, uh, a guy by the name of uh, – last name Houston, Sean Houston and then Reginald Poole. And so, me, I'm battling with both of those big dudes. But I think the stat line was like 42, 12, but I had about eight three-pointers and all this and that. And so, uh, after Coach Williams watched the film, he had asked Coach Doherty, who was recruiting the area, Coach Matt Doherty, who was the other kid on the other team who every time he shot the ball, you couldn't get him and, and him and the ball going in in the same frame because he said I was shooting out from so far. And so, Coach Doherty did a little research and looked and uh, – 
found out that it was me, and they were recruiting me from that point forward, man. Crazy story. <laughs> and so uh, with that, I uh, got familiar with him, and Coach Williams actually came down and spoke at my um, high school banquet my senior year in high school, man. Wow. Yeah. So was it, uh, I mean, was it something that took a while, like, or were you pretty sold the second you kind of had some conversations with them? You know, once they, they started recruiting I me, mean, growing up, man, I, you know, I wanted to attend LSU or Georgetown. You know, I was a big time, you know, Hoya, just a uniform fan. You know, I started wearing T-shirts under my uniform because of them. But growing up and watching, you know, Chris Jackson at the time, but now Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, um, you know, all the, all the Shaq was down at that time. And I would go to basketball camp there every summer. And so being able to see those guys play pickup ball like we do up at KU, you know, for the campers, um, being able to see that firsthand and just the talent level that was that was down there. And I was steadily getting better, getting better. And, and, and so they um, was about to make that childhood dream come true. And all of a sudden something must have happened and maybe they were recruiting somebody else and it, it, it didn't work out. And I was kind of, you know, my heart was broken. But then K, KU came in, Coach Doherty came in, recruited me, and, and I was pretty much done with them. And, and on the morning of my recruiting trip, to KU, uh, one of the assistant coaches from there called me and told me, you know, they knew I was going on a trip and just told me, don't go up there and do anything silly, like commit and sign and do all that stuff or whatever. But I was, it was too late for them, man. I I, I was crushed and I just knew I was going to have to do something else. And what an option I had, man. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the uh, best thing that happened to me. When did you like find, when did you like realize like how serious basketball was here at KU? Crazy, man. I, you know, well, when they started recruiting me, it was almost like my high school coach made the decision for me. He's like, hey, of all these other schools, this is the real deal, bro. They're basketball, you know, whatever. They, they are it for basketball. So you need to be thinking about going to school there. But, I mean, in so many words, that's kind of what he was saying. But it ended up uh, he allowed – you know, I, I still made my own decision. But um, getting here and, you know, learning about even, you know, all the, all the famous the football players. You know, I never heard of – Gail Sears. I had never heard of John Hadle. You know, I, I didn't know Wilt Chamberlain went to school here. I didn't know the story, the history of, you know, being from Louisiana, man, we were just, you know, talking about the LSU guys and then watching the games that came on regionally on TV when you would see Georgetown and, and all those types of schools be on TV. Um, I honestly had never really known anything about them. And then getting to come on my recruiting trip and to see um, and to learn, you know, more about the history uh, of the school in itself, and then to figure to find out that you know Wilt Chamberlain actually played basketball here, bro. You get a chance to possibly play at the place where Wilt Chamberlain played basketball, dude. <laughs> so I had to pinch myself, man, and, and realize once I got here on campus and, and and playing pickup ball with all the older guys who were all pros coming back to play, you know, and I was kind of you know competing and doing you know trying to do as best I could. And certain day, some days were frustrated because you know guys like Steve Woodbury, Rex Walter were getting the best of me, and but here I am a freshman. And these guys are, you know, professional basketball players at the time. But, you know, I took it kind of hard. And Coach Williams would say, you know, he would check in with us every week for the freshmen just to make sure that we were okay. We were doing, you know, how we were – to see how we were doing. And uh, he would ask the question, of, you know, from the older guys, how do you think, you know, the younger guys are doing, you know, who's playing how, whatever. And, you know, although I, I didn't feel like I was playing very well, uh, all the guys would say me. A lot of the guys said me. I mean, in that class had Rafe and CB and a lot of other guys you know, we're in there, but I was just always taught to compete, man. I think that, that got the respect of a lot of those, you know, older guys that I competed. And uh, and to me, doing well back then was dominating high school basketball games, you know, and coming into college and not being able to do that versus the pros, it kind of – I didn't really take all that into context. I just said that I wasn't playing well. I was used to, you know, again, dominating all the games I played. In. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ostertag was a senior your freshman year, right? <laughs> if so you want to call it that, yeah. If you want to call him a senior, is it, yeah. So I was just, I was curious. Like, was he a guy that would take the young guys under his wing and like help you out, or was he a guy? I can see him also being like a jokester you know, that would really mess with you guys. He was an absolute jokester, but at the same time, you know, he had his own way of of trying to make you feel comfortable, and and, and a lot of that included joking with you, always trying to lighten the mood up. Uh, but he was probably one of the biggest kids that you, you'd ever want to meet. Uh, never really taking anything, you know, very seriously. Everything was kind of, you know, so what to him. I mean, he was just that big. Uh, but, man, did he protect that paint for us. He got, you know, we were able to get out and, you know, defend all over the place, knowing that guy was going to have to run back there to him. And not that he jumped very high, but he just was – he was just long, man, very, very long. 
Uh, but yeah, he was the jokester uh, of that group of seniors, man. There's no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its back its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has NFL or has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best prop in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Yeah, so obviously your freshman year, you guys have a bunch of different like personalities with Pollard and Ostertag and Greg. <clears throat> Who partied more out of those three? <laughs> hey, man, that's, I don't know. You know, as a freshman, I didn't party. I, I didn't start doing anything until I was probably 20, 21 years old. I never, I didn't have my first drink till I was 21. You know, I was, I, I was trying to be good, man. I was, but I was around, I was around a lot of action, you know. Um, Greg, Greg is, you know, you know, Greg is the guy. Greg was the guy that made sure you had a good time if you wanted <laughs> to have a good time. And even if you didn't want to have a good time, you were going to have a good time dealing with Greg. But like, Obviously, I just talked about those personalities. Do you think that's a reason you guys were so successful, just because you guys probably were loose and joking and stuff like that all the time? Man, you know, I was thinking about that when, when I was kind of texting you earlier today, just thinking back to the times that we had. Um, we were a team in every sense of the word, man. I mean, we had weekly team dinners. Uh, everybody attended, you know, uh, and we were in somebody's you know apartment you know, after practices, after game, after whatever, we, we were always together on, on, on most of the teams that, on all the teams that I played on at KU, we did a lot of things together, you know, and, and it doesn't say anything against the teams that don't do a lot of things together, but I do think there's a benefit in it. And we were a very close knit group that, uh, you know, and played that way. I, I play, our play showed, you know, how much love and respect we have for each other. Yeah. Was that Go ahead, B turn. Was that like a thing Roy emphasized when you were there? Was that kind of you know it was it, it was emphasized. It was emphasized that um, you know that we should stick together, that we should do you know more things together. You know, but it, but it wasn't you know forced upon us. We we enjoyed it. You know, we enjoyed uh, looking forward to our weekly you know dinners, uh, hanging out, laughing, joking with each other uh, because you know those preseason practices and and, and just practice in general. Those things are hard to get through, man. And, and you know, if you got a, a guy you can lean on who, who's going through it with you, uh, made it all all all, all the better. Yeah, and so that kind of leads me into the next question: is so obviously you guys had a tight knit, you guys were really close. It's you, Rafe, Jogvon, that whole crew. You're super talented, and all of a sudden, your sophomore year, Paul Pierce comes in, and I'm always curious. <laughs> like he's a big recruit from California. Yeah. Were you guys kind of like – like, did you embrace him and did he embrace you guys or was he that cocky freshman that everyone's like, this kid's got to come and improve? You know what, man? Um, he he didn't come in with anything other than just playing. You know, he came in and you learned very quickly that he was about being the best basketball player he could be. Um, but he was extremely talented. Uh, and Coach Williams is a great teacher. And so, you know, Coach Williams getting a chance to teach him, you know, a lot of the things that he didn't teach all of us, the things that we didn't know. Uh, helped, but uh, that, that again, that's the thing about our team, and it, it was a lot of things, you know, just kind of spoke for themselves. You know, our, our closeness, our sense of being humble, uh, but you know, confident um, in each other and in ourselves. Um, and he just kind of fit right into that, and, and that was big for Coach Williams because when, when we were recruit, when he recruited guys, and they came in, um, one of the last things that would happen is that he would ask us if we thought that guy would fit into what we how we do things. And if he didn't, he didn't, you know, he, he, he discontinued recruiting the guy. I mean, that's the honest to God truth. I mean, we had a couple guys, I won't speak names, but a couple guys came in and we didn't really good ball players. ended up being professional NBA guys that we didn't think would fit into what we did. And they didn't end up coming to KU for whatever reason, you know, and we'd like to think that the influence, you know, of the culture of how we did things, man, mattered to him and uh, mattered to all of us. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, obviously, Paul Pierce worked out uh, incredibly well, but I'm curious, do you still talk to him at all? Because do you see this man's takes on TV, his takes? He got some, <laughs> he's got some bad opinions. Somebody's got to stop him. 
<laughs> Somebody has to stop my man, bro. I, I'm, I'm right there along with you. You know, just, you know, any of the reunion type stuff, you know, yeah, or, or maybe a social media thing here or there, but don't really talk much. But I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start hitting him up. For some of these takes that he has, man, I, I'm just like, dude, I'm glad you're out. You're, you're representing L.A. now. You're not representing, you know, yeah, <laughs> our bunch over here right now. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, man, he's embarrassing KU with these opinions. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I have to I have to separate him, from, you know, in this situation. I, dude, you're just an NBA guy now. You, I, yeah. <laughs> when you're doing these takes you're doing, because it, it makes absolutely no sense to me either. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. So right, we got to get him. We got to get him on here and talk some sense into him. Oh my goodness, dude! We but need your help. You know what? He's always, but that's him though. He's always had a certain sense of himself, you know, and in his place in the world and history and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, he, he kind of danced to the beat of, of his own drummer, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't shy away. He's no, not afraid. No, he believes. It. He apps, and, and you give him credit for that. You respect that. But yeah. a lot of times, it's wrong. <laughs> uh, so your sophomore year you guys have another great year lose a heartbreaker to Syracuse in the Elite Eight I think you guys made a comeback late in the second half um, obviously we weren't able to watch that game but can you kind of like walk us through that game and what you remember about it and that, that game almost changed the course of my career pretty much my sophomore year was probably my hardest year. I got sick kind of towards the, you know, middle end of the school year and kind of played the season, not at, you know, not ever able to get into the, the best shape possible, you know, because of the injuries and sicknesses and all the things that were going on. Um, and so that that game in particular, we were making the comeback. Uh, we got a turnover. Jock gets, gets it and pitched it ahead to me. And I tried to catch it before – you know, really, I mean, I tried to turn before even catching it. Yeah. And so it, it would have put us, maybe it tied it or, you know, it would have gotten us closer in, in, in the game. And as I turned to catch it and looked around, it bobbled it off my leg and it went out of bounds or whatever minute. And I, and I held on to that, you know, for the longest of times, you know, nobody, you know, said anything negative, you know, towards me, this and that, but, but it was just me and knowing how hard we fought. Um, and you know how good our team was and, and it feel like, you know, I had maybe let our team down, uh, in that, in, in that setting. Uh, it, I took it hard, but I, I, I thought about, you know, just the season itself and, you know, didn't feel like I got to play as much as I wanted to play and, and being a 19 year old kid, not, not, not being, um, able to hold myself accountable for whatever I had gone through or this and that. I, I almost transferred after that sophomore season wow. um, just because, you know, most of the things I, I wasn't happy with myself. I thought I probably should have been playing more um, just all, on top of this, everything that was happening. I was just a little overwhelmed, a lot overwhelmed. And, um, but after sitting out, sitting out, man, and realizing again how special of a place, you know, that I had the opportunity to be a part of, talking with my high school coach and family and everything else, like, dude, sit your butt down and go through this, deal with it, be better for it, and move on. And, uh, you know, glad I did. Yeah. Crazy. I feel like we've had multiple interviews in, on here where people, players say the same thing. I mean, even Russell Robinson talked about how he considered leaving. But it yeah. seems like guys most of the time are at least able to talk to people and kind of be convinced, like, look, you're in a good spot. It'll get yeah. better. Yeah. And, you know, and, and part of that is for the guys who end up sticking it out, man, it, it's, it's part of our makeup to, one, compete, and two, be good teammates, you know, and, and to understand that it's not just about us and knowing that, you know, we have a role and a part to play on this team, no matter how big or how small it may be. Um, and for most of us, you know, our, our role ends up being bigger than what we ever could have thought it was going to be or, or, or it's more important than we actually see it as. Um, and so in Russell's case, man, you know, I think I thought he was a linchpin of the team he played on. You know, without him, you don't win. You know, no. numbers may not say that, but without him, you don't win because of all the other things that he brought to the table. And uh, I like to think that, you know, my situation was the same. I mean, we, we won. We played some games in which, you know, I, I, I like to think that my contributions, you know, for being able to play and, and to, to not to never lose a game in the field house, to go 58 and 0 at Allen Fieldhouse, you know, to win, you know, 117 games and all the things that we were able to accomplish, uh, all of us played a part in it. You know, no, nobody's contribution was too small. Nobody's were too big. 
58 no at home seems pretty good. You know what, man? And, and the crazy thing about that, the very next home game, which would have been after my senior year, Ryan Robertson was coming in and he'd be a senior that year. They lost the very first game wow. at home. So wow. I, I, and I was in attendance. And it, it, you know, I'm like, dude, how can this be? We're not used to losing in this place, man. And, you know, that group lost. But they didn't. I don't think they lost again rest of the year but just to think that you know after that after we finished and to come back that next season they lost that, that first home game yeah wow. so following like after that sophomore year you lose to Syracuse you guys were obviously really good but I was thinking about it like how nowadays there's no way Paul Pierce comes back for another year right but back then did you expect him to be back was that I no. feel like that was just kind of normal or, or were you kind of sitting there like man Paul might leave Hey man, you you know what you 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 hit it on the head. It was kind of normal for guys to you know because of not winning a national championship to go. We we knew we were good enough from a talent standpoint. It just you know all the things that come into play just didn't didn't pan out for us. But we were good enough, and that was the goal. And I think back then more guys would come back and still try to achieve that. You know, at least one more year. Um, and so and and he knew he wasn't ready you know to to take off and to have the impact that he felt like he was capable of having so he 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 did himself uh well by coming back yeah made himself a lot of money i mean what do you think about that nowadays like a guy like devon dotson who i think absolutely should be going pro but i think back in the day he probably would have stayed 4 years at kansas like what do you think about these guys that leave early even if they might be a second round pick you know, man, you, you can never fault a guy <clears throat> if the opportunity is, you know, available. But I, but I think, you know, getting the right information and, and, and everybody's economic you know, situation is different. Uh, you know, the background, like, you know, for instance, for me, if the opportunity was presented itself for me, you know, and, and I was good enough after two years, three years, then it was a no-brainer for me to be able to go and start taking care of my family. That was just my situation. But everybody's situation is different. Um, from that standpoint, but then you also have to think about the readiness, you know, and then everybody has an, has an opinion about some things. And, and, and again, I, I preface what I'm about to say with the fact that if they're willing to pay you that money, then you should be willing to go and accept it. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, but I think one more year of college would have absolutely done him, uh, wonders, you know, from a draft draft stock situation, uh, from a readiness situation, because you're going to deal with men, man. You're going to have to deal with Damian Lillard every single every night. A guy like Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, James Hart. You're going to go deal with the best in the world as a rookie, and so you're going to you're going to get put in the mix all early and often. And at the same time, you know you want to keep your confidence, and it's hard to keep your confidence when these guys are coming at you every single night. But he's a competitor, and he's going to learn on the job, and I'm sure he'll do fine. But that first year is going to be tough. Yeah. Sure. Um, how like would it take a while sometimes back then to figure out like when some of these guys declared like it's obviously a lot different than now like some some of the guys find out on social media I literally remember texting Mitch about when Doke was coming back and he had no clue <laughs> uh, man you know I, I don't know be that that's a good question man um, you know in, in today's world everything's on social media you know close family members found out things on social media before, you know, um, before, before it gets to where it needs to be put out first. Um, you know, and that's just kind of the world we're living in, man. Everybody takes to social media and I'm still kind of dinosaur, man. I don't, I don't do a whole, I'll check it occasionally. Like I missed off. I mean, some of my kids who are playing college ball now get so pissed off at me because maybe I, once I do get on, I may like something of one of the, one of his teammates, but I didn't get to like his stuff. Because he's out to week, I'm like, dude, I don't check this every day, you know, uh, and I, I and I rarely ever post things, man. And so, uh, you know, I I know I'm getting left behind, you know, but hey, I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh. So, obviously, that team, you're back, and, and those practices, I imagine, had to be insane. You got Paul Pierce, you got yourself, Jock Vaughn, Rafe, the incredible team we always talk about in '97. Russell Robinson was telling us that there were some times where he almost got in some fights at practice. Oh, easy. Did you guys ever have easy. that, that easy. type of intensity? Easy. All the time. I mean, you're talking about our pickup basketball games were probably more heated than, you know, practices, you know, you got coach, coaches around this and that, so you don't allow yourself to get to that point. Yeah. But when no coaches are around, you know, you're calling your own fouls or 
and this and that, and you're trying to, and everybody's competitive. Everybody feels like they're, you know, the best at their position. And then you're talking about knockdown, drag out, and then you add the professional guys coming back, freaking calling every single foul, wanting the ball every single time. I mean, I can think of the dust stuff. I mean, we are, I mean, I almost fought a couple guys. Uh, and, you know, and after the pickup games were over, next day we were cool. And I mean, afterwards we were cool. We kind of maybe festered a little bit depending on who it was. You know, if it was a guy who was notorious for calling all these bad fouls and wanting to try to, you know, be a bully out there, you know, because he was a pro, you know, that kind of sit with, sat with me for, for longer than, you know, after the game were over. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was just competitiveness, man. It was it was extremely. You had to be you had to be tough, you know, to, to play in those games, man. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, so looking at that season, I think it's. I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch you guys because I was three years, two, three years old. And but just looking back, I've gone on YouTube and watched oh, look at the numbers. I mean, you guys dominated. I was just looking at some uh, some stats or some games you played, and you beat Colorado, who was a top fifteen team, by forty points. Like, man, I, you know, and and it's one of the lessons that I learned, man, and one of the lessons that I teach my kids today. You, you don't play the school; you play every possession the way it's supposed to be played, and that's what coach. I mean, that's that that was how we were. That's how we were built, man. You know, we didn't worry about the score. Uh, and you think about the UConn women now, and how that's how they play. They don't worry about who they're playing, how they but they they know, you know, they they don't play one way. And that's to go compete every single possession. And that's what we that's what our team was so good at, you know, being able to focus on the task at hand no matter who the opponent was. And in that way, there was no adjustments that needed to be made, man. You know, no matter who we were playing, we were gonna give it our all um and get out there and get after each other. And at the same time, if you wanted to play, that's the way you had to play. <laughs> if you wanted to get on that floor, you had to do that. Yeah, I uh, another one that made me laugh. You scored 134 points on Niagara, and I imagine 134 involved you guys having to take your foot off the gas a little bit. Could you put up 150 that game? Easy, man. You know, coach, coach was that type of dude, man. And and I keep saying, I mean, a lot of that stuff rubs off on me because I've I've had my kids be upset at me because I didn't let them score 100 points, but we're up by 40, 45 points, dude. You know, it's not about embarrassing the other bunch. Um, but yeah, we, we had, we had moments like that to where, you know, you put every, put the other guys in after, you know, after a certain point, you can, you, you can kind of take your foot off of it, but only in his sense though, because if you took your foot off by a lazy pass turnover, this, this, and that, that's not what he meant. <laughs> yeah. You might've meant 15 passes in this possession if, if the clock allows it, you know? He uh, he didn't uh, put off the gas against Kentucky in '89 or whatever. Patino's I heard about that one. I heard about well because he tried to and they 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 kind of shrugged him off and he was like, okay, well I'll show you. <laughs> How confident were you and like you guys in a group? Like every night you played, like did you guys just expect to go out there and beat the shit out of everyone or what? Man, you know, not to sound arrogant, but but we felt like we were. Our preparation, you know, led to that. We, we felt like we were the most prepared. We felt like we worked harder than anybody. Uh, and we were pretty talented. Uh, you think about, you know, that bunch and, and, and to have your fifth and sixth guy on the bench be able to get you 15 to 20 points on any, on any given night. Not a lot of teams could say that. So I, one of our biggest things was our depth because there was no drop-off from one to ten, you know, from the standpoint of a drop-off big enough to know that, you know, your bench guys are in the game. Uh, you know, you got some guys who end up being lottery picks, so everybody on our team wasn't a lottery pick. But our style of play, you know, lent itself to everybody getting out there and, and contributing. And uh, we did, man. We were confident. We were a confident bunch. Uh, and it started from the top, you know, again, with our preparation, our leaders on our team. You know, I think Jock, one of the best leaders I've ever been around, you know, one of the best leaders in the sport. Uh, you talk about a guy that never had a bad day, never showed you he was having a bad day. You talk about a guy who knew every single play from every single position on the court, you know, um, and just it's one of the smartest basketball players you ever want to meet. But ultimate competitor. That little dude competed his tail, never wanted to lose a sprint, never wanted to lose uh, 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 any, any drills and practice, nothing. And so we all, we all fed off of him, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that team – it's insane. You guys lost one regular season game and it was a double overtime loss to Missouri. And I know this is a conversation we always have with our guests is like, they talk now, like the Bill Self guys now talk about how bad Missouri fans were and how much they hated them. I imagine in the nineties, they were even worse. So 
Can you one talking about that double overtime game a little bit? If you, I'm sure you recall it, or just your experience playing in Columbia, playing against Missouri. Yeah, man, it, you know, knocked down, drag out every possession, contested, uh, hated, hated rival, hated to do anything in Columbia. Um, you know, hotel room at night, you're getting prank phone calls all night. You can't sleep. You know that 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 group of antlers that they had over there, man. They nothing was nothing was out of bounds for them to talk about. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, and it's you know it's a wonder that they you know, got banned. You know you you, you kind of expected it because they were nothing was off limits, like I said. And and um, you know they were a t they were always tough physically. You know they felt like they needed to beat us up to kind of get to us mentally because they didn't feel like they were as talented as we were, and, and that was just their style of play. Um, and it was some some unbelievable games, but that one in particular, I remember, um, because of you know just the possessions involved in it. You know, the the I I, I I vividly remember the loose ball scramble and freaking Corey Tate hadn't hadn't done anything all freaking game. Picks it up, turns around, shoots a game over. You know, because we 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 thought we had had it won. You know, on a couple of occasions. Did they win on like a? I, I guess I don't know. Did they win on like a last second shot or how? Yeah, I mean, it was a loose ball. Wow. Loose ball scramble. We, one of our guys dives at it. I think it was Jock, and then somebody else dove at it. He happens to be there, pick it up, shoot it in, game over. Jeez. So you're wow. that close. Double that overtime. Perfect, Double overtime. A perfect regular season. You're that close. Yep. Like that's, yeah, oh man. That's Pissed us off. So, I mean, 22 and 0 at the time. Yeah. Lost that one, and then we went off probably another 11, 12 straight, and then the freaking <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's. We, we were going to talk about next, uh, kind of depressing, hate bringing it up, but obviously Arizona had, I mean, NBA guys, Bibby and the Jet and Miles Simon. You guys, you talked about how confident you guys were. Was there any worry with them or were yeah. you? You know, at, at, at the time, no, there was absolutely none because we, we felt like we matched up well with anybody in the country. We felt we were as good or probably better than any, every team. We just, we thought we were going to be national champions that year. Um, because we, we felt like our preparation, again, you know, was what it needed to be. Our team was talented enough. Our coaching staff was great and, you know, good enough. So we felt we had everything in need, that we needed to be national champions. Uh, but at the same time, you give that team credit because they peaked at the right time. You know, they beat, you know, three number one seeds on the way to national championship. They beat us, beat Carolina, and uh, Kentucky. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about three number one seeds that that team beat and because they had the, the, the personnel, you know, the professional guys that had their style of play. And then, you know, Mike Bibby and Miles Simon catch, catch fever, you know, at the right time. And it was, it, was a, it was sort of almost like a destiny thing for them, man, because yeah. even with the talent that they had, I don't, they weren't the quote-unquote, you know, just kind of overwhelming favorite to win a national championship or, or overwhelming that much better than anybody else. But as we know, that tournament is not necessarily just about that. There's all kinds of things that come into play. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's so frustrating about March, especially as a KU fan. We so many times have yeah. the best yeah. teams going to the tournament. And I think we talked a little bit about this with Tyro Reed, but like, I assume those tournament games, you guys are college kids. They have to feel different. You have to feel that pressure. So like in that Arizona game, did you feel like you guys were tight? You know, it wasn't. But what happened was, our, you know, I started to go with, with Jared Hass, had a broken freaking wrist. Mm. But he's still trying to play. He still wants to play because he's a tough, tough dude, you know. And he was one of our, you know, one of, one of the heart and soul guys of our team, you know, just by all the effort and stuff that he played with. But he literally had a broken wrist. Two nights before, got a quarter zone shot in his wrist. Uh, Coach Williams, you know, he kind of convinced him that he was good enough to go. Uh, you know, and, and selfish, you know, selfishly of me, I thought I should have started the game and should have played and did everything else. But, you know, they made the decision to go with him and we supported it, you know, and, uh, and we tried and gave it everything he had um, and just kind of wasn't wasn't good enough that day. You know, he, he wasn't good enough to, to be out there to help us. Uh, and it was a little bit too late once we pulled a plug on that. And so now we're in a dog fight and you know, one shot doesn't fall from this guy. One shot doesn't fall from that guy. Now nobody can make a shot, and they're confident. They're confident, and, you know, ended up being that. You know, we got down, and we still – we made a rally, but it was a little bit, you know, too late. Uh, and I think if Jared doesn't get hurt, I, I think we win the basketball game. Is and there the was he had had a quarter zone shot, and it didn't work that day. 
the very next day he felt no pain, but it, you know, he had to play that day and it was just kind of one of those things. Is there ever a time, was there ever like a time where you were nervous? Like, like you thought you guys would lose or did you the whole time think you guys would eventually pull it off? Because that's what we, you know, we, we felt good enough in, in, in making that run to come back and to make it, you know, to be in town, maybe 18 to 20 to make it a one possession game. We had a shot to tie it uh, late and didn't. And so there was never any doubt. I mean, we felt like we were going to make here. Okay, here it is. We're going we're about to make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And, and just kind of, you know, came up short. Ow. Those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself. Shaving before I knew about Manscaped, A.B. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Sure. Men, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third-generation trimmer featuring advanced skin-safe technology, so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, and they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging deck powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their life. They even included picks, AV. They even included picks. I mean, that's unbelievable dedication from our friends at Manscaped. Truly stunning. I could see the smoothness for myself, and they simply aren't kidding. They just aren't. That's some crazy, stupid love shit, man. Just send nudes in the mail. <laughs> love it. You need to try this out for yourself. And you want to know how you can do that? You can get 20% off plus free shipping with armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, that's 20% off in free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. Your balls will thank you. Before we get back to the show, I want to just one more time reiterate, guys. Bet online. The sports world slowly making its way back. NBA is coming back. There's golf. There's UFC. There's boxing, NASCAR, international soccer. They've all resumed play, so please get out there. They've got the simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our big-time gamblers, so check it out. Bet Online offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, March is just a uh, – we, we talk about this all the time, how much that, that we love that tournament, but we hate it. Yeah, so and we had a starter in that game, bro, give us zero and zero, a guy who ended up being a professional – basketball player to give us zero and zero in that game so if we get something from you know <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who was about, hey, no, 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 no. we talk about that all the time but i mean he's one of my he's one of my, the greatest teammates i've ever had man it just scott pollard yeah it just, yeah it just it's just an off game you know just one of those situations where if we can get something from certain but on any given night if if jared can make a shot if maybe if i can make a shot i mean it just there's no blame on anybody it's just that you know you think about the numbers of that game and to see the things that happen in order to allow, you know, Arizona to win. He only took one shot the whole night. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That game, I was like three years old, and that game depresses me because so many old KU fans, that's the first game they talk about. This <laughs> is the damn Arizona game. That's yeah. the game my dad still talks about to this day. Like, yeah, man. it's like diehard fandom, just like the one that still shocks him. But that's March. No, no. I, not to st- what? Go ahead. I don't think there's another game, a, a game in our career that we were more ready to play than the following year playing Arizona in, in, in Chicago. I know. I was looking at that. So you turn yeah. around your senior year and you guys play them what, like the third game of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win. So, and did they return that year, Bibby and did Bibby and Simon did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they, I think they returned everybody. Um, I want to say Mike Dickerson went, but. Yeah, I think he may have been the only one to go. Okay. Dickerson. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome to turn around and beat them. But, um, yeah, getting into your senior year, I mean, I 
Paul Pierce comes back for junior year, which isn't like crazy. I know we already talked about this, but like that blows my mind. Ray Friends comes back. They're going to be lottery picks. They end up being top five picks, I think. Uh, Ray was three. Paul was 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Paul kind of dropped on draft. Day, right? Yeah, you know, in, in part, partly due to the fact that, you know, Paul's got like, he's never had an athletic looking body, yeah. you know? And so he never, he never appeared to be in great shape. And I think it's some of the workouts that kind of was the case because he's used to maybe college intensity at the NFL. I mean, the NBA intensity is completely different. Yeah. And you're going into those workouts, they expect you to be kind of world-class conditioned, you know, and Paul never was that. <laughs> well, so that's why he slipped, yeah. I bet, I bet some people regretted that one. Oh, but, easy, easy, yeah. easy. So your senior year now, I have to imagine that was just a really fun year for you. You go from averaging like eight points a game junior year to averaging 14 a game your senior year. Was that – did you just let it fly that year? Hey, take, and, and then look, I average probably I probably I think I averaged eighteen when, when Rafe got hurt over there. So I was like, damn, Rafe, you're taking all these shots from me, my man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in Hawaii, you know, in Hawaii, man. I think I, in in Hawaii I averaged twenty one, man. Wow. Uh, but then coming back, I averaged probably sixteen, seventeen, uh during during the time that Rafe was out. So give him some more shot opportunities, man, you know. Uh, things could have a little bit been a little bit better, but I, I was really looking forward to the senior year. Uh, you know, we had some hot shot recruits coming in. People, you know, had already penciled. Uh, you know, kid who ended up being like you know my little brother, Kenny Gregg. They kind of penciled him in because he was a McDonald's All American, high flying dude, this and that. And I had absolutely no worries because I understood the difference between high school basketball and college basketball. And you know, I'm four years older. You know, I've been here. Uh, so I was confident that I was going to, you know, be the starting two guard coming to my senior year. And uh, it ended up, it worked out that way. Uh, but, you know, being a mentor to Kenny uh, was a big, big deal for me. Uh, but we were talented. You know, we were really talented. We looked, you know, wanted to get back and, and prove again that we were one of the best teams in the country. And, uh, you know, that, that March that March thing had a way of catching up to us, man. And part of that, you know, we, we talked about it as players. You know, over the years, man, that a lot of time because we worked so hard throughout our season, we peaked very early and we would get worn down and tired late, you know, in some of those tournament games that practice before for the fans. You get to go and see other teams doing dunk contests and three-point shootouts and this and that, and we were taped and practicing fully, yeah. you know. And so we look back at that, and I'm sure now Coach Williams, they, they, they do, you know, tip, you know, they, they do dunk contests and all this and that on those days because he learned from the fact of, having us go through the things that we went through um, and, and, and just being being so so worn down from this long, long season, man, where, you know, some of those shots don't fall as the season starts to get later. Yeah. What uh, what were your goals for your senior year, like, personally? Just because, obviously, you waited your turn and, I mean, watched a lot of other guys go pro, and you, I think you put up, like, seven threes a game or so. So what was – what did Roy let you know your role was going to be your senior year? You know, our, our seniors are always our captains and you know, always our leaders, um, you know, leading by example. And for me individually was, you know, to be the starter for one, for one, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, I was behind Jared and Jared's taken off now. So uh, my goal, you know, was to be the starting two guard, you know, coming to the season, which, which would work. Um, and then the goal was to become the all time, you know, leading three point um, guy in, in the school's history was able to accomplish that. And then, you know, winning the conference and then winning the national championship. You know, those those types – those were my goals my senior year. Yeah. So, something – you brought up the the school record with 269 threes, I think. You also made eight threes in a game against Texas. Um, but what I'm curious about is nowadays – in bat- I feel like threes, obviously, are just way more part of the game these days. Yeah. Do you ever think about – the type of player you would have been every you- single day <laughs> looking back every single day looking yeah. at these kids shoot these bat shoot these balls men all over the place you know and the offenses be wide open uh you know i i, I even even the very next year you know had had i been able to take a redshirt year that that team that you know came back the year after we were done didn't have they a person like myself you know in the role that i had would have flourished under you know in a situation like that being a guy able to have those types of opportunities. You know, and, I, and I liken them to the situation that Devontae and Sfee ended up falling into. Yeah. A situation where you're the guys that 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 dictates the, you know, how well the team does. You're going to get a chance to shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And so looking back, 
man, I wish I had another year or two <laughs> of eligibility. Um, You've been shooting like 15 threes again. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, I would have been putting that thing up. <laughs> but Bill would just, like, Devontae would come down fire from where Oh, I, I know. And I'm like, man, if I would have ever had that type of green light. But, you know, timing is everything. In, 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 in Boshi put up a ton of attempts well, also. He had to, though. That, that's what I'm saying. Coming back that next year, you know, and seeing that group with Boshi being a freshman on that team, being asked to take all the big-time shots and, and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, dude, I would love to be in that situation. Yeah, I'd love to be in that situation. I mean, to start from day one and to shoot day, that many three-pointers. I had one year where I shot, you know, the amount of three-pointers. He probably shot every year. <laughs> I mean, it's still, I feel like it's obviously pretty impressive that you're, I think, what, second in makes and attempts? Man, bro. And I, to I, think, I think third most in a single season. So yeah, yeah, give me that opportunity, man. I would have shattered those records. <laughs> no, I mean, but it is wild. I mean, you're playing with Paul Pierce yeah. and Scott Paul, like – where, where do I get enough shots, right? Where do I get enough shots to do that, yeah. right? Especially in an era where, like, the three-point shot was not as welcome no. as it is now. No. So it is it is wild to think what you uh, – like you said, if you'd have played on a team like Spee and Devontae in 2018, you'd have been just fucking – So we – um, I got asked uh, last week from Brian Haney about the round ball classic thing, and so they're making that into a nice little three-point competition, man. So guys around the country are going to have to film themselves shooting it, you know, and seeing, you know, uh, how the, how they fall. I like – I'm, I'm going to bet on myself, man. I'm going to bet on myself. Oh, either, even, although I'm out of shape and all that right now, I still can stand and shoot it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I still can stand and shoot for that. So are you, taking, are you taking yourself over any shooter in KU history? You know what, man? I I, I think – you know, I'm, I'm a big-time fan of, you know, a lot of the guys you know, that shot it. Uh, I think Jeff Boshi is a quintessential shooter. Um, you know, quick release form is per picture perfect. Um, you know, Kirk was a really good one. I mean, you know, Svee, long, tall, you know. Um, and, and so that's, that's the, the fan in me, you know, understanding how, how, how hard, how difficult it is, man, to play, you know, at that level and to be asked to do that. And for the guys to do it at the clip that many of, many of us have been fortunate enough to do. Uh, but then the competitor in me, hey, Give me me. I'm going to give me me, and, and, and I'll, I like my chances. <laughs> hey, well, you're for sure the best shooter we've had on the pod. So until we get, like, Spee or someone else, I'm riding with Billy Thomas. Hey, man, and, and then you know what? When you get Spee, Spee's going to – it's just going to be Spee's opinion, you know, because I still – I'd like to line up with Spee, you know what I mean, to have a shoot-off, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be awesome. So – yeah. Uh, a couple wrap-up. I don't know what else B-Turn has, but I know I wanted to at least ask about this. So I'm the biggest LeBron guy out there. I think he's the GOAT. I uh, I love our, our producer, AB, who's not on right now, but he, yeah. he would be going crazy right now if I was saying this. He's a big MJ guy. But yeah. you actually played with LeBron, and I've never talked to anyone that was teammates with LeBron. Oh, what do you got? He's pulling up a picture, folks. Mike. Wait, that's you and Mike. No, no, I need LeBron. So – so are you about to tell me that you're an MJ over LeBron guy? Um, but but I, it's a two-part thing for me because I am an MJ guy over anybody. Um, but I also know that LeBron James is probably going to have the best numbers of anybody to ever play the game. And I think there are things that he that he does, you know, that that Mike didn't do. Um, but I but I I factor in the mental aspect, the mental toughness aspect, the the mental advantage aspect. That I, and that's what I give to Mike over LeBron. But I think the longevity aspect and the pressure that the kids had to deal with from day one is unmatched. I think he's, he surpassed anybody's, you know, expectations for what he was going to be and become. And I put him at a close, close second. Now, if he wins two more championships, I'm open, for, I'm open to saying that LeBron James is possibly the greatest basketball player to ever play. I'm a big Mike guy, and, 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 but – I count the fact of the championship, sure, but I don't. That that's not the only thing for me. Yeah, you know, being able to 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 understand that at that level, confidence is everything. At that level, competing is everything. And this dude, Mike, was the ultimate killer competitor. This and that. Kobe was the second in that aspect. 
but I think LeBron James is nipping at nipping at nipping at nipping at his heels to be the best player of all time. And I, I I'll I'll give you that. And I and and I find myself defending him a lot, you know, because I'm a huge huge fan, you know, of his. Um, because I'm a I'm I, I'm a team guy, and I think a guy that makes his teammates better that 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 says that does a lot for me. And a guy that can do so much, you know, for his team, a guy that can shoot it, pass it, handle, defend, rebound, all of that stuff, and 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 all around basketball player. Because it can't just be about scoring. It can't just be about. It's got to to me, you know, he's in that conversation of being the greatest because of all that he does. Yeah. So I mean, did you enjoy being his team? I, Absolutely. I was kind of blown away that Absolutely. you were playing for the Cavs. I mean, I know it wasn't a super long stint with them, yeah, yeah. but that was ten years after your college career. So you really then, grinded it out to get to that point. He he is a really good teammate. Yeah, you know, he's a good good teammate. He's a loyal dude. You know, to his to his clique and his his group of guys. You know, it's hard to break into that, and not that I tried to break into it, but seeing it from afar. Because for all of us, we have our we have our little cliques and families and, and, and crew. You know, growing up. You know, and, and, and his is his is kind of, you know, airtight. Um, but really, really, uh, he's, he's a great, great teammate to the guys that are on the team that he plays on. And at the same time, as, as a star player, man, you know, they, they get the rap and sometimes rightfully so for, for the moments that, that are captured, you know, that the average fan shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Kind of the heat of the moment, competitive situation that one fan may see and then they think, well, that's him all the time. And he's a battle, man. We say and do some things as competitors that, uh, you know, we probably weren't proud of. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't – those those moments don't don't make the man. They don't make, you know, you, 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 they don't don't make who you, who you ultimately are. And so everybody, all of us as competitors have been guilty of that. But in my opinion, I think he's, he's, he's a good teammate, uh, probably the most the freakish, most freakish athlete to ever play with his size, speed, you know, I think he's one of the smartest basketball players from an IQ standpoint. Um, and, and that's on display. And you talk about the pressures, though. I mean, for him to, to have the pressures that he's had from day one, from high school to now, man, and, to, yeah. and, to, and again, he's, he's, blown, he's blown all the expectations away. Nobody could have ever imagined that this dude would still be doing what he's doing right now. And that's a clip that he's doing it at. And yeah. so, again, I'm a Mike guy, man, but I'm open. I'm open for him. You know, and I'm hoping that he eventually wins, you know, another championship or two, at least one more. Um, but, you know, there, there are some things in there that, you know, as a Mike guy, I said, well, no, Mike wouldn't have done that, you know, whatever. But, hey, uh-huh. it, it's, still, it's, still up, it's still up for a small debate, man. All right. I got a basketball over here that he signed, too. I wanted to show you that, but I, I don't want to have to get up. I bet he tells people that you're the best shooter he's played with. You know what? Had I gotten enough, I gotten enough time, man. You know the one game that the, my very first game with the Cavs, bro. I'm on a ten, you know, I get the first ten day contract. I get in about two a.m. I gotta go take a physical at about seven thirty. I gotta go to shoot around about eleven. Back to the hotel and back to the arena. I play twenty nine minutes. The very first game, I shoot eleven three point shots. Now. On about the seventh or eighth one, I'm like, damn, boy, you just, you're just coming up here. There's no way you should be shooting the damn ball this much. You need to chill. So there's a timeout that happens, and he didn't say it to me directly, but he said it to the coach. Man, you know, you got guys out here, man, you're passing the ball. They won't shoot it. You know, I'm not passing it to them anymore. So, dang, the light bulb goes off. Maybe he's talking about me. So I bet you I shoot the next three or four that you passed to me. <laughs> I ended up, I, I remember, honestly, though, I, I think – you know, looking back, you know, we all learn from our experiences, man. I think that approach for me, though, just in that one moment, you know, of, of maybe a little bit of self-doubt, um, you know, and not fully taking advantage of, you know, the opportunity because I didn't see it as a, man, you need to go out here and do X, Y, Z. I just saw it as playing good basketball, playing the right way. Well, in a, in, in a certain sense of me really go ahead and, and, and wanting to prove that I belong in this and that, I just kind of – was on the fence about just really letting go, you know? And I think, uh, you know, had I, had I approached it a little bit from a more selfish aspect, um, then, then it probably would have ended up a little bit differently, but it didn't. And so I, I learned from it and, and, and I can teach, you know, from it myself. Yeah. No, I mean, that's got to be good for what you do nowadays to be able to kind of talk about those experiences <laughs> playing with a guy like LeBron. So that's got to help with your credibility and all that stuff. <laughs> 
you know, and I talked about, you know, once he texted me about <laughs> you asking about LeBron, man, and getting a chance to play with a guy like Jason Kidd, getting a chance to play with Vince Carter and play with Gilbert Arenas and this and that. And, and, and from that, that season I spent with Gilbert, you know, up in Washington, man, and that, that year I think he averaged 28, 29 points. And to see in and out, you know, him doing that against defenses stacked up against him, you know, um, that led me to believe that those guys they consider, you know, superstars in the NBA, you know, they're unbelievable athletes, unbelievable basketball players. That's an unbelievable feat yeah. to average 24, 25 points in that league every night with the best, you know, the, the, the best athletes in the world, and you still getting 29, 30 damn points a night, man. That's, it's, that's almost impossible to do. So you – you are you are the best of the best, man. And and, and from that moment forward, man, I, I had a greater appreciation for that term being thrown around at guys, man. Yeah. So last thing I got, I uh I'm always curious talking to Roy guys. Um when he when he finally decided to leave, go to North Carolina, did I know Kansas fans were felt betrayed and now it's turned out great. We've turned out fine, but like looking back, you were fairly fresh out of KU at that point. What were your thoughts during all that? Were you kind of like betrayed or were you just like, whatever, he's got to do what's best for him? You know what, man? I, because I know he had turned it down twice already. Yeah. You know, and then that third time for me uh, was just ultra supportive, understanding the situation because, see, I may have known more than others know, you know, yeah. knowing that his sister was, you know, sick and knowing that his pops was sick and knowing that, you know, what his wife was going through. His two kids are there now. So it was kind of one of those perfect storm type of situation for him for having turned it down, turned it down. And now you may not get a chance to go back to your childhood, you know, dream or, or your dream job, so to speak. You know, and it's like, you know, in, in a situation for me, you know, if, if I'm faced with that, you know, man, I, you know, turning down, being a coach at KU twice and then it gets offered a third time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's the way, you know, most of us who played for him looked at it. Um, you know, from a supportive standpoint to understand that he had given everything that he had to the university and, and, and the place, man, for 15 years, you know, and, and, and time uh, presented, you know, another opportunity for him. And not only just any opportunity, it was that opportunity. You know, anywhere else, I think, you know, you, it's a different response from a lot of people. But it being that situation, man, I think it ended up, uh, you know, we were all supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm just Actually, always curious work. what former players thought. He actually went down to work basketball camp there the next, the following three summers, you know, me, myself, Steve Woodbury, Nick Bradford, you know, we got a chance to go down and hang out with some of those guys. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have any funny Pollard or Ostertag stories, anything like that? <laughs> you know, well, I, I, it's not a, probably a funny story from Ostertag, but he, every time he sees me or he always tends to bring it up, um, my freshman year, again, coming from what I came from, it was it all revolved around me, right, in high school. I got the ball. I did everything. This is this. So getting to KU, we're practicing. Mind you, my, my guardian is in the stands watching the practice. So I'm sitting there, and we're going over one of our half-court type of things. And, you know, I think it was pass, cut, you know, don't stand, don't stand, don't stand. But I was – used to having the ball in my hands and, you know, if I didn't and I was standing and I was going to get it thrown to me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not moving. No, we go, we go through it once or twice. Billy, you got to move. Don't stand passing cut. So I, I did it a couple of times. So then I, I came back around and I'm probably just tired. So I passed it and I didn't cut. He stopped the practice and said, uh, he subbed me out of the practice and put a manager in my spot. <laughs> And gave, took him off my practice jersey, gave it to the manager. The manager got in. They're moving the back. I'm running. He told me to change the job with him. So I'm working the clock now. I'm at the clock in practice. And the manager's out there with the team. They're passing and they're cutting. George is just moving it. He's moving it. He's moving, cutting him out. So he stopped. He's like, Billy, what did he do? He moved. And so – <laughs> he got over it. So my, my guardian in the stands, she's petrified. She's absolutely petrified. So we go out to eat at Applebee's, you know, after practice, you showered up, get there. She's looking at me. She's almost got tears in her eyes. She's like, Billy, if there's any advice that I could give you, it's when he says move, you've got to move. 
So I'm like, dude, it was just one of those. So then, and then another one when we we got we have we practiced at Lawrence High, and another one again my freshman year, dude. This dude, he stayed. It seemed like he I was the only guy he stayed on. The absolute dude, he's on me about everything, and I'm thinking I'm a pretty decent basketball player coming to high school, dude. I can't be this bad. <laughs> Every day you're on me about something. Every day. When again, I'm 18. I don't know any better. Um, so we're at Lawrence High, man. He got so ticked off. The dude punted the basketball into the stands over there at Lawrence High after continually telling me something that I wasn't doing, right? So then after he pulled me. I mean, and it's not. I mean, that was pretty much the gist of it. He just freaking got so upset he punted the ball. So he put us all in, and he told me. And this is, again, what teaching moment for me and what I use for kids. He's, he's like, I know you're getting frustrated because you feel like I'm always on you. I'm always on your mind. And I, and I say, yeah, you're absolutely right. So he says, so what I've learned, he said, it's not that, you know, that I'm always on you. It's that you should worry. It's when I stop being on you that you should worry because that means I've given up on you and I don't think you can do it. Yeah. And so I've always held on to that, man. And, and I teach the kids that now because for all my, my better players, I'm constantly on them about stuff. And I know it gets to them and they're frustrated because, man, it may be, you know, I'm only a foot off from the spot you asked me to be on or this, this, this. And I just, you know, I keep telling them, you know, I'm on, I'm going to stay on you until you get it, you know, the right way. And so that was a, a big time lesson for me, man, to understand that it, it was about, um, you know, getting better and learning. And I had so much more to learn um, to where I, I had won the most improved player on our team for three straight years. I said, damn, coach, without really that bad of a basketball player to where I'm the most improved every year, bro. I had that, I had, I had that much room to grow. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's hilarious that the manager st- stepped right in and was able bro. to do it perfectly. <laughs> hey, man, I'm like, come on, bro. But George was older than me, though. George was like 22 himself. <laughs> that, man, that dude's probably still talking about that. Hey, and every time Greg – I mean, every time Oshetag, bro, that, that's his thing. He wants to talk about that moment. <laughs> oh, he was like, dude, that. that was like 25 years. Come on, man, give it a break. Funniest thing in the history to him. That's the funniest thing ever for him. Yeah. <laughs> He probably being a senior, he probably loved that. Oh, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. B turn. You got anything? No. Just obviously, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, you probably you played on four of the best teams in KU history, and fifty-eight zero at home, one of the best years in KU history, and I think only lost like seventeen games at KU. So your resume is pretty good. Four conference titles too. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I know how, for, how fortunate, you know, I was, man, to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, count my blessings every day to be around, you know, still to still to be relevant to this day, man, says a lot about, you know, the program, the place, you know, the people, you know, fans, you know, everybody, everybody that's that's a part of, you know, this whole, you know, KU Jayhawk thing, man. It's it's a special, special thing. And, and, and talking to other guys who played other places around the country doesn't come close. Their, their situation doesn't come close to ours. And so, I, I, again, I know how fortunate I am. Uh, and and any time I can give back, man, I'm, I'm all for it. And, uh, you know, if I could give a little plug to the round ball classic, man, making sure that people go online to check that out, you know, for, uh, you know, the benefit for the three kids, you know, three three warriors, you know, dealing with cancer, man, it's a big, big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys can put some of that out and share it and, and we'll yeah, see we what we can do for that. For sure. When is that? Oh man, I think August twenty sixth, twenty eighth, something like that, man. Oh yeah, so I'd imagine. I'd imagine they need more support this year than ever, just because it absolutely, absolutely, able to do the full crowd and everything like that. So, yeah. So check that website, man, and get the more detail because I don't, I don't have all the you know, all the real up. So I'm, I'll try to forward you what he forwarded me, and you guys can get that out for sure. Yeah, if there's people allowed, I mean, we might as well go. See, but I don't see. I, See, I don't know if it's going to be able to be that, though, you know? Yeah, like, that's why he did, like, he did the three-point right? shootout thing, you know, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go check the website to see exactly what they're you know, going to try to do. But I know the three-point shootout is going to be a part of it. And maybe there are going to be some other items that they're going to try to maybe auction or something. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely shout that out. Okay. Cool, cool. Appreciate I appreciate you, you guys. Absolutely. Anytime, bro. Yeah. Thanks, Billy. Have a good one. All right, man. You too.
is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.